0: Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Janie Sharlow. Matters of the Heart and Soul is a podcast to raise awareness and awaken humanity to all that is within. We want to be a beacon of light on your life journey. Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. I am Janie, your host, and I am co-hosting with Russell Bruce today.
1: Hey, everybody. How are you doing out there?
0: So today's podcast, we're actually speaking with Vaughn Shoel. Um, he is actually COVID-19 positive, and he is on the back end of it. So I guess it's safe to say that you're kind of a survivor, right, Vaughn?
2: So far, so good, yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, we really appreciate you taking this time to talk to us um, and also just the rest of the world because, you know, we want to put out um, some positive messages about this and to kind of stump out the fear about everything. Um, So welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, yeah, so let's get into it. Vaughn Showell is a CEO, financial planner to amateur as well as professional athletes and families and corporations. He is also an eighth grade basketball coach at Anna Atlanta International School. He's a father to four young men. His youngest son is currently a football player at university or Georgia Tech University. And uh, he's a personal dear friend of mine. Vaughn and I met a little over, say, 15, 16 years ago in Brazil, of all places, and found out we were pretty much neighbors, and we've been the greatest of friends since then. And uh, like Janie introduced him, stating that he was COVID-19 positive, uh, caught us all off guard. I actually you know, called Vaughn days ago, you know, just to chop it up with him to find out that he was in the hospital, and that's when I first got wind of it, but uh, thank God he's here today, he's he's doing pretty well, and we would love for you guys to hear his story, so Vaughn, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, brother, thanks for that gracious
2: introduction. Uh, you and then John Janie doing a great job here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you,
1: sir. <laughs> okay, first of all, tell us how are you doing, man?
0: Yeah,
2: um, no, t- today uh, is a good day. It's the, 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 the since I've been back from the hospital on Monday, my days have been good. Um, and today is a good day. Uh, I would say I'm probably, probably 90, 96, 97 percent, and I say that because I've <clears throat> um, My energy level is up. My appetite is back. Um, I I still get a couple heat. um, What do you call it? Get heat flashes, hot flashes every Mm -hmm. so often. But um, for the most part,
1: I feel pretty good, though. All right, good stuff. So let's let's go back to the chain of events. What initially happened or transpired that led to you going to the hospital?
2: Well, what led me going to the hospital, um, you know, when, when all this started, um, I had a fever um, back about about two weeks ago, I had a fever and didn't think much of it, thought maybe I had the flu, uh, just a bug and, you know, I'll fight through it. Um, and as the days went on, um, the whole coronavirus pandemic and the paranoia about it, you know, I got to thinking, you know, like, do I have it? But I didn't have any symptoms. Uh, all the symptoms that they were talking about didn't appear to match my um, my makeup. So I was like, well, okay, whatever it is, I'll just fight through it. So a week went on of me being in bed and um, having fevers and body aches at night and just, just being weak and doing a lot of sleeping. Mm-hmm. And few days, I was getting... Um, you know, messages on Facebook about how to handle, you know, the coronavirus, how to treat it, how to kill the virus before it gets into your lungs. So I was doing a lot of those um, home remedies, which is the steam, the um, lemon, the ginger, you know, doing that, cleaning your sinuses out. Um, I was doing all that. And I have bad sinuses as it is, I have allergies um, in general. Um, so in doing all those home remedies, it was working and I was feeling, you know, by the end of the week, um, I was feeling relatively good, um, like on this, but one, on that Monday when I woke up, I felt good that Monday, but just when I took a deep breath, I felt just a discomfort in my chest, nothing painful or nothing. It was just different. And, um, that right there made me call my, um. The VA clinic. As a veteran, I use the VA as my medical services, and this was when I called on a Saturday and the clinic was closed. But then I called back on a Monday, and um, the questions that they asked me out of you know twenty of them, I well, will answered yes to one of them on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then on Monday the same thing, where mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of symptoms, um, but they were like, "Well, since you feel like you've um, got this sort of chest issue, just go to the ER." So I'm like, well, I need to go to the yard. ER. Like, I can't fight this anymore. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, this is from what I'm hearing is that, you know, this virus gets into your lungs and gets to your chest and then, you know, there's no cure. So um, I was really, I was really, um, you know, on alert at that point, you know.
0: So that first week um, before you went to the emergency room, you would say for the entire week, like the seven days, you had a fever on and off, on and off for seven days. Yeah,
2: my, my temperature was fluctuating on and off for, for seven days at night. Um, and I, and when I would take my temperatures, that may be 100, 99, 100, um, nothing crazy.
0: I worked. Um, which is different from the flu. Like I want people to know that that is different from the flu because typically in influenza, you spike that fever the first four days, 72 hours, and then you cut the fever and it's gone. Mm. Um, so that's very different mm. because for, uh, any fever on and off for seven days is an alarm. Um mm. Let me ask you: Were you taking fever reducers such as Tylenol or ibuprofen as well?
2: You know what? I was taking um, ibuprofen um, for my body aches, um, for a fever reducer. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't taking any Tylenol. I, I didn't take any Tylenol. I didn't. I was taking ibuprofen. I mean, and I- would you say?
0: just at night when it hits you or were you taking it throughout the day these seven days or because another another good thing about your story is that you beat this um and so people that are getting symptoms it's a good idea for them to kind of know exactly what you did Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you didn't have the typical sharpness of breath and where it got deep into the pneumonia where the pneumonia mucus set in so
2: right um right
0: were you taking profen throughout the day or just at night when you had the body
2: aches um I would just take it um take it at night and um as far as the ibuprofen or in the morning when i would uh, when I would wake and up lay be laying in the ibuprofen for the body aches, but I didn't think about taking any fever reducer because I didn't have like a typical fever fever it was coming and going, and i I didn't really think much of taking a a fever reducer, you know.
0: Yeah, which ibuprofen would would do that awesome. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that first week, were you up, or did you have enough energy to just to kind of like check emails, or were you pretty much in like laying low that her whole first week?
2: Oh, you know, I, I was out. I was out. I was in bed the whole first week. I was. I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't do any normal activities. But just felt bad. I mean, I felt lethargic. Um. And just like, I just wanted to sleep it off. You know, I just did a lot of sleeping, a lot of sleeping. Um, No, no, I can't do no real activity, you know, watch TV and just, just trying to figure out what's going on with me,
1: you know. Let me ask you a question. Do you attribute the fact that you were successful in fighting this to a lot of the combination of the home remedies and the over-the-counter medication that you were taking during that time. what Like, do you feel that contributed a lot to your success?
2: What I feel contributed to the to the success is, is number one, I, I've been in very good shape. I've been working out really for the past four or five months, on a, and I've been at my peak when it comes to my physical fitness. So I think my physical fitness, along with the um, the remedies that people were sharing on Facebook, and, and, um, um, Angela being here, uh, my girl to help me, um, when I was feeling bad, all th- those three combinations helped me, um, I think fight through um, the virus to be quite honest.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And, Vaughn, that first week, um, were you doing those remedies, like the hot steam and everything, or did that not kick in until after you went to the emergency room?
2: No, so I I was doing that before I went to the emergency room because those remedies made me feel good. Two two days leading up to going to the emergency room, my silences were cleared up, um, my head was clear, and I I was feeling good um okay and the only thing that triggered me to go to the to the uh, ER was uh, my chest um when I took a deep breath that's what triggered me to go to the ER but um and then I had a fever and me having a fever um by the time I got to the ER at a 101.9 temperature
0: wow so that's and that's very that's something to know so you're well into like day 8th they ate and still have a fever. So that is alarming and then on top of that at this point you started to have some discomfort with deep breaths. Correct. Okay. And um so then you just decide I'm going to go ahead what was the the, the other than anything else triggered you to go into the emergency room other than the deep breaths and still the fever. Did it, did you ever think why am I still having a fever at seven days, eight days? I did.
2: I did. And the thought was, you know, part of me was thinking, well, is this the coronavirus? Like, is this, you know, you know, fever is one of the symptoms. And I'm like, well, I think my body's fighting it. If I have it, my body's fighting it. That's what I'm thinking to
1: myself, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Mhm. How much uh do you attribute the fact that you stayed positive and you didn't you didn't allow fear to take over? Cuz like even when we initially spoke, you know, I I definitely didn't want to mention the virus, you know, and now noticed you didn't either. And, you know, just wanted to tell you you'd be okay and it seemed like you were very positive about everything. Yeah. Do you feel even a positive attitude helped as well. Yeah,
2: I th- I think that positivity goes a long way. Um and you know, one thing I, I was doing is I was even playing some music because being in bed for so long um and listening to the news was kind of demoralizing, but you know, when your spirits are, are positive and and your energy is positive, you, you know, you tend to overcome a lot of things and I think that that positive energy that I had um Definitely helps the psyche, um, and it keeps you from going into, you know, a depression or into a place where your body can feed off of that negative energy, and it just makes it worse. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, I think I think the whole positive mental aspect um, is is just not just beneficial just on a regular basis, but when it comes even to medicine, because they say they say the you know, music is. Is is what medicine for the mind, for the body, right? When you're sick, and um, yeah, so you know the, the music I play, you know I was playing um Earth, Wind, and Fire one morning, and you know just was playing things and just getting that those, those positive endorphins moving in my body, and um,
0: yeah,
2: I... you know, and and, and so, it works, it it really works,
0: it really does. Um... So, Vaughn, now walk us through e- your emergency room visit. So, at this point, you've decided to go ahead and head to the emergency room. Um, what was your drive like? What were you thinking on the way to the emergency room? Did you go alone? Did you have support? Like, walk us through that part.
2: Well, let me tell you, um, as a veteran, um, and, and my in and in, in life, I think one thing I pride myself on is, is being able to um, navigate through challenges in life and problem solve and have no fear when it comes to just things in, in the corporate world or the social world. because um, as a veteran. I faced death once in my life as a veteran, as a, as a desert storm veteran. And I recall when I was in desert storm out in the desert, um, as at the age of 24, 25 years old, that I was going to die in war. And that was the first fear I've ever had of death. And, um, Wow, And I can honestly say that, you know, this drive to the hospital amidst all of this hoopla going on in this pandemonium, you know, just so many things are going through my head as far as going into this hospital, knowing there's no cure, knowing I'm going into an environment where people are sick, not knowing if I see my children again, people in the hospital dying because they're, you know, they're quarantined. You just you name it just a whole plethora of things are going through my head but i knew that i had to go because of my breathing Mm -hmm. had me going in this direction so the anxiety that i experienced on monday driving texting my mom on the way then my aunt calling me my cousins and you know um it was pretty pretty um pretty traumatic um but i was able to lean on my experience and my faith To know that I've got to do this and um, now keep the faith and um, know that, you know, it is what it's going to be and and I'll be in good hands. Um, So, when I walked into the hospital, you know, I parked a good distance from the front door and and I I was really low on energy. I got there about two o'clock in the Mm -hmm. afternoon and it was drizzling a little bit and um, I was walking real slow to the hospital. I was walking like really slow. And um finally made my way into the um into the hospital. They had checkpoints there in the hospital. Um and it took me right back to this area where coronavirus um patients were being seen. And um there were maybe f- four of the people in there and they were all sitting distance between themselves, about you no know, six to eight feet. Um and um, I sat down, and they were looking worse off than I was, to be quite honest. Um, so now I'm sitting here in an ER with people who look bad, and then all of a sudden, this one guy starts coughing like the, the cough of death, and and the, mm. and the and the lady got up. Are you okay? And he and he didn't respond. He coughed again, and she's like, she got up from behind the desk, and she's like, Are you okay? And he's like, he's like, No, I can't breathe. And next thing you know, they whisked him out to the back. They 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 found a room. He must have been waiting for a minute for a room. But at this point, he was like, I got like it was it was crazy. I'm like, I'm actually sitting here in the midst of this virus. So it yeah. was um it was pretty it really it really tested my, you know, my will, my faith and everything else. But
1: um I
2: had to plug on,
1: you know.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: How long a wait did you have in the waiting room as well as like once you were in a room before a doctor could actually see you? Well, it sounds like it. Probably. Yeah. Well, I, I waited for about four hours to
2: get into a room. Once I got into the room, one thing I could say in a shout out to the VA is that um, the rooms were spit, you could smell the cleanliness. In the ER, what they what they did was, and the reason why I said it took so long was that whenever one person would leave, they would have to 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 clean it down, and it had to be empty for thirty minutes before the next person can come in. And,
0: yeah, and um, yeah.
2: and the
0: and it this is longer, this is two yeah, hours. Yeah,
2: so I got I got back there probably about nine thirty, uh, about nine thirty, almost ten o'clock is when I got back into the room. <laughs> And um, once I got back there, things moved relatively quickly. They came in full masks, bodied up, gloves, everything. Um, they were very um, professional and very helpful. And uh, they did their tests and they took my blood and did my IV. Um, and um, they, they moved really quickly. And I, I waited for about an hour and a half for my results. So while I was waiting, I was just laying down just waiting on the results and just thinking about a whole bunch of things, <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: Sure. So many things uh, went through your mind during that time. Um, so that's good to know that you felt like you were in a very clean environment. That's important, um, especially when you're sick, you know, it's just, you know, you just want to be in a clean environment as well. Um as far as you know did they rule out anything else as far as testing um did they rule you out for influenza for sure um and any did you do any chest x-rays anything like that Yeah
2: so um before going going back into the room one thing that was um I was pretty adamant about while I was waiting. Is like, okay, what is this process? What am I waiting for? What is the process? Will I be tested? All these things were going through my head. Um, and the lady up front at the triage, she was, she said, "I'm just a triage. I don't have these answers." But um, right when you get back there, um, the doctor will determine whether or not you'll be tested for COVID nineteen. And um, you know, I was getting a little antsy, and I even. Me being me, I even called the hospital and I want to speak to the supervisor to see what's taking me so long to get to the back and I want to answer this for what the process was. So I'm on the I'm on the phone with one of the supervisors and, and the triage nurse is right behind me. And next thing you know, somebody comes out and checks on her and I didn't get the answers I wanted on the phone, but I turn around and the triage nurse says, oh, you put some buttons, didn't you? I said, yes, I did. I said, I just need some answers. I, you know, sitting here mm-hmm. for three hours is just nerve-wracking, you know, with no information. So um, mm-hmm. about three hours later, I was able to get into the room, um, and the, the the things that they said they would do to me, number one, was evaluate to see if I had, had the flu, number one, they would test me for the flu. Then they did checks, x-rays, mm-hmm. um, to see... Um, what was going on with my chest, but as soon as when the doctor came in to um, to take my vitals, he said, "Take a deep breath." And I took a breath. It was there was pain. And he's like, "What's, what's wrong?" He said, yeah. I, I said, "He said it hurts." I said, "Yeah." He said, "That's asthma." I said, "Asthma." He said, "Yeah." He said, "Take a deep breath." And I tried to take a deep breath, and it hurt again. He's like, "Yeah." He said, "But he said we'll we'll do the chest X-ray to to make sure." I'm like, "I've never had asthma before. Like this this is different." <laughs> So um, he said, so we're going to do the x-ray, check on your chest um, asthma. We're going to do the the, the nose um, swab, the throat swab to do a culture. Um, and we're going to test for the flu to see if you got the flu. Um, and um, we'll take it from there. So when he came back, they said, "They said, well, well, you don't have the flu. Um, the cultures came back negative. Um, so we're going to, we're going to give you some medications, some antibiotics for to treat bacteria, and we're going to, um, send you home. And if you get pulled over by the cops, there's a curfew going on just show the medication because there's a curfew going on in the city. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that. And he said, we're going to come in. We're going to mm-hmm. test you for COVID-19. I said, okay. okay, so that's the last thing they did before they sent me on was another nose swab and says uh, someone will call you in three to four days with the results.
0: Okay. And then, so as far as you know, you've never been diagnosed with asthma. You've never been told you've had asthma before in your life, right? Okay. So you were sent home, uh, I think you said, uh, with an antibiotic, something for your cough. And then also, you said it was an asthma medication. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was azithromycin correct. antibiotic, um, benzoate, which is also Tessalon pearls, which are small little cough correct. pearls, and also Montelukast, which is also correct. singular, which uh, are, is taken for asthma and allergies. Uh, and then you also was sent home on your inhaler, right? Yep. All right. So that was the treatment that you had, and you started that right away. Do you feel like this was effective treatment? Do you feel like that antibiotic really helped you? Uh, what do you feel was worked best to getting that pain out of your, your chest? Um, because, and I'm asking these questions, because I am a nurse practitioner, and I am currently uh working in capacity with COVID 19 and there's so many things out there as far as treatment we're, we're seeing a lot of things a lot of things that probably shouldn't be said so it's always good to know firsthand from a patient that wants to share their story and their treatment um, and would actually help them and every patient is different um, immune responses are different uh, you clearly didn't even have a cough you just had the fever and the body aches And then you started to get some chest discomfort. And some people, it goes straight to, you know, difficulty breathing. But I just want to know what you feel actually helped you. And how soon did you start the medication? Well,
2: I think um, the antibiotics, as soon as I was able to get home and take one or two, rather, um, I did... Um, and and I honestly think that the antibiotics, you know, that when you when you mention that, is that it, it's got to have some sort of positive effect on you feeling well because mm-hmm. um, I've just been I've been getting better, been feeling better ever since. Um, the The only the only um, I guess issues I'm having now is when I, I haven't worked out in a minute. So I guess when your body's sitting around for a while, when you never you do exert energy, your body is feeling it. So if you know, so oh, if, I, if I go up down the stairs, if I'm in the kitchen, you know, I do feel you know a little um stress. My body feels a little stressed, but when I sit down and relax for a minute, it goes away.
0: Um, yeah, and you're still recovering. Right. You're, you know, okay, yeah, this is still that's very true. Good for that's you. true. So remember that, you know, just in your your healing is just. But the good thing is, each day you know that you're improving. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I gotta really, really take it, take it slow because sometimes I do move a little too fast because I don't think I'm feeling better. And um, you know, even the medications for the um my the uh, asthma, you know, I've, I've used inhaler pretty much every day because there are times when I take mm-hmm. a deep breath or I say, and you know, I do, I do need it. And once I use the inhaler, it, it helps. So, and I can tell you that yeah. today. I have not used my inhaler today and I'm and I'm breathing better today than I was two days ago. So the, med- the medications That's for awesome. the asthma and my inhaler have been working to um to treat my asthma, but like here's like right now, like I'm feeling good. You know, I'm thinking I can probably do away with the asthma with the inhaler probably in the next day or two, you know.
0: Yeah. And inhalers are bronchodilators, so they typically dilate the bronchioles. And in situations where you're in a respiratory distress, those bronchioles become inflamed. And sometimes they fill with mucus or fluids, such as in pneumonia. And so it's hard to get air in and out. So that inhaler works immediately at dilating, opening up those bronchioles for air to flow in and out. And you'll probably notice that
1: it works it right yep. away for yep. you. Let me ask you a question. Being that you're a nurse practitioner, how important is it for, like, whether you're positive or negative, is water and diet in reference to the mucus that could possibly build, Noah? Um,
0: It's extremely important. Uh, Just like Vaughn said, the last, the six months prior to this, he was at the best shape of his life. So his immune system was great. He's been eating healthy. He's been working out. He's been exercising. Um, He sounds like he's in high mental uh, state, you know, really positive energy, good vibes, stuff like that. So all of that plays a part in fighting illness. All of it. Mm
1: good stuff yeah all of it all of it
0: plays a part that's why this issue is is much worse on people with secondary issues or chronic issues going on such as you know asthma um you know heart issues and all these other issues because there's already a pre-existing condition already Hmm. So, so um it plays big time and we really have to focus on, on nutrition that um, that is mucusless, mucusless forming or don't form so much mucus as well mm-hmm. in our system,
1: and such as fruits and vegetables, things like that. Yeah,
0: fruits and vegetables. vegetables is the number one that is uh, mucus less and more alkaline for the body. And typically your milk and ice cream and dairy and cheese, those are more mucus forming. And so you got to think about everything that have those products in it mm. as well.
1: Yeah.
0: So um, and and I wanted to ask you about your treatment, because even though COVID-19 is a viral infection, what we have to look out for is the secondary bacterial infections that it causes pneumonia is a is is another secondary infection that comes from the virus or you know your body is trying to respond it's sending all of you know different things that we equip with to fight these things but sometimes your immune response Mm. goes into overdrive and that causes An overload of mucus production or overload of inflammation because inflammation usually fights infection, but it could be a superimposed overload and that everything's kind of almost fighting your own Mm. body in a way. So I, I, you know, with you getting that azithromycin, which everybody knows it as Z-Pack, is typically a six-day course. You take double dose on day one, and then five, you know, one yeah. one tablet the other five days. It helps clearly, and that's, I mean, if you saw improvement that quickly, yeah, that's
2: great. I, I, I would definitely attribute that, um, that prescription to to my uh, my recovery. I really would.
1: So, how long was your stay in so hospital? So, my
2: my stay in the hospital was probably uh, from four to four to eleven. So, what, seven hours?
0: Okay. So, you mostly stayed in the emergency room, exactly, yeah, the
2: yard room department. Um, and um, initially, I thought that they, they were going to admit me because they said they weren't they were not going to send me home with a fever. So, that kind of had me paranoid as well to the fact that I had a one one point nine temperature. Um, and then not going to let me leave until that went down. That was kind of, you know, in the back of my mind, but the, uh, they gave me a, you know, an IV, a bag of IV, which once they started giving me the IV, I don't know, I don't know if I, if I said that earlier, but yeah, I was dehydrated. Um, so the bag of, yeah, the bag of uh,
0: so that's good. to get some food. Say that's again? Good. You did get yeah. some IV fluids. Yeah, and that helped uh, immediately as well. So okay.
2: as that was going into me, I was feeling better as well. So I didn't, and I didn't realize how dehydrated I was because, you know, I'm in mean, here drinking as much as I think I should. But um, when they did the urine sample, it was pretty yellow. So, you know, dehydration. Yeah. So, um, so once they, the bag was in me, um, that reduced my, my fever, obviously, probably pretty quickly. And I felt better when I left the uh, ER about, you know, 11 o'clock that night.
0: Yeah. And even if you were taking in a lot of fluids, remember you were sweating fever each night. So you were letting a lot of fluids right back out, even if you Mm -hmm. were taking Mm -hmm. some in. So did you feel, when you left after seven hours, did you feel like, okay, this is good treatment? Do you feel like, am I just going home to, you know... Mm -hmm. What was your thoughts at that time? Did you feel like, all right, I think I'm going to be fine? Um, did you feel like you, everything was, your issues were taken care of? Um, how did you feel? Um,
2: well, physically, I felt better. Um, I was walking more briskly when I left. Um, my my state of mind okay. was... Um, even more so in paranoia kind of because when I got my car and I drove, there were no cars on the road. It was 11 o'clock at night in a city. It looked like a ghost town. So that kind of what more, more anxiety It's really, really serious. Like the city is shut down. I'm driving through downtown Atlanta and all you see a cop. That's on on the side. I'm like, I'm leaving the hospital. I've been tested for COVID-19. I don't know if I have it or not. And I'm going on like right like, where am I going now? Like what what does this lead to? So there's still a lot of questions um in my head um with you know where I am because the fact that I just took the COVID-19 test meant that um, like you said, I don't have the flu. I don't have, you know um, any other, um, a throat infection, anything else is like, okay, so what was wrong
0: with you?
1: All
0: right, Vaughn, sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but you were actually, um, in the middle of telling us about your ride home.
2: Right. So, um, I was saying as I was um, headed home, um, there's a curfew obviously in in Atlanta, and, and the ride home um, through the city of Atlanta, and when it was just like a ghost town. Um, so I'm leaving the hospital, just got finished taking this COVID nineteen test, not knowing what the results may be, but just driving home um, through a city that is just on lock just added to the anxiety and the seriousness of what this country is going through. Um, and it is just a really, really gut check, um, knowing that, you know, I'm in the middle of, of what's really going on, you know, so it's a lot of, you know, a little bit of anxiety was, was going through my um, my brain and, um, you know, knowing that I was feeling better than before I enter the hospital was helpful, but, um, just the unknown was pretty, uh, pretty scary.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, um, do you have other people at home with you and, you know, were you concerned about their health and quarantined and how did you handle all that?
2: Yeah. So, um, I do have, um, a girlfriend and her mother, um, who live here. Her mother is 70 years old. She's a Alzheimer's um, patient that we're caring for 24-7. And then um, in New Angeles, she's been by my side from day one. And, um, you know, we've been quarantined um, for the past, you know, seven days, sleeping in separate bedrooms up until that point, we weren't. Um, but... You know the concern is okay. Like, how do we manage this with you know three people in the household? Um, so it's been, and um, you know, it's been it's been a challenging situation. You know, because the mother is not you no needs care twenty four seven. So, um, and she's taking care of her, and if she gets ill, um, like like how do we how do we really manage all of this? So it's been a moving target at this point.
0: Right. And so you get home and how many days does it take before you get your results?
2: So they said three to four days. So this is on Monday. So Tuesday goes by, Wednesday goes by and Thursday goes by. But Thursday night around 1030, my phone rings and they, they, they did say, you know, stand by because you get you getting a call from the CDC with your, with your results. So if the phone rings, please answer it. So of course, for all this time, I'm making sure that the phone is by my side, and if it rings, you know, from a number I don't know, I still got to answer it. Typically, I don't answer I know numbers, but nevertheless, um, come Thursday night about ten o'clock, ten thirty, I get a call, and, um, and the doctor, <laughs> hi,
0: and something said answer it.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It was the number I had. I didn't know. Um, I'd answered it and, um, it was a doctor from, um, the VA It wasn't the CDC. And she said, this is Dr. So-and-so from the VA. Um, how are you doing? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm doing fine. Um, she's like, any, any symptoms, any fevers, anything? I said, no, everything's okay. She said, okay, well, no, but that's good to know. Um, um, you know, we we did get the results back from your COVID nineteen tests, and the results. Um, but you're doing um, apparent uh, fine, apparently. I, say, yeah. I said, "Yeah, I'm doing okay." I said, "My results came back positive." She said, "And she said, yeah, And I really, I don't, I don't remember what what happened after. She, right after yeah. that, um, all of her was positive, and I'm like, and I'm like, like wow, like. Like, positive. Like, okay, yeah, okay. But but she's like, but you're doing you're doing you know you're doing fine. She's she's like, have you your last fever was when I said when, it, when it, I was at the hospital. She was so she said, well, you've gone seventy two hours self quarantine with no symptoms, so you should be okay. And I said, I should be okay. I I said, so. Well, what's next? Like, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm positive, but like, what's, and she she didn't, I don't, I really don't remember really what she said (laughs) after that. It wasn't anything significant, but, um, she just reassured me that, you know, I'm sitting two hours from my last symptoms and I will be okay.
0: Wow. And then, so at that point, um, you definitely have to tell the people that's in your household, uh, that, you know, you are positive. So how, what was that like?
2: Well, um, we, I was in the bedroom with Angela and I was on speakerphone, um, when the doctor was on the phone with us, so she heard everything. And, um, when I re- reiterated that I was positive, um, you know, she, Angela was right there with me and we just looked at each other and, um, so that that dialogue wasn't terribly bad. Um, the the question that we had was was is she is she you know positive you know right um, you know so Angela she's she's very um, receptive to information and she doesn't overreact at all really on anything to be quite honest but um, you know so we just took it in and and, um, and then she heard the doctor said and I heard the doctor said and. Like, well, if you have it, you know you have it. You know, she has a few symptoms. Um, One symptom she has is just she says has a loss of taste, a loss of smell, loss of taste for food. Um, But outside of that, you know, she's had nothing major either, no no major symptoms either. Um, But we can only presume that she has the virus as well, and she's been fighting through it also, and uh, to a degree because she's had minor minor um you know heat flashes but no she's her she thinks she's going through menopause but she is going through menopause so that's so body flash heat flashes and hot flashes and it's it's just all moving all together so um you know we're not sure exactly where she is um but it's understandable if she has it she has it you know and it's not it's nothing that is earth shattering at this point has she
0: had any fever like you did
2: you know what she um again you know her she has these hot flashes so that hasn't changed um, but she hasn't had any fever no sweat she's had some sinus issues um, and a very little body ache but not many symptoms you know nothing um it's been pretty moderate you know so um you know so how to handle that you know you know of course her mom doesn't know what's really going on so. Um, being that I've been positive, I'm just gonna keep my distance from her mother, and she is caring for her mother like she has to, you know, like you know, feeding and whatnot. I mean, it's it's difficult as to, you know, how do you quarantine three people in a household that rely on each other
0: right.
2: to, you know, to live, you know. So um, it's
1: it's pretty it's pretty interesting right now. So with that said, Vaughn, you know, knowing that you're clear now. And possibly i guess free from ever catching this thing again is that true
2: well, that's what I understand um is that once you have it you're you're um you immune you're immune from it I think the doctor mentioned something about that if I recall about my immune system being um i've, I've gone through it so I can't get it again, but i'm like i'm I'm okay um so I'm kind of cloudy on that, but where we are with it, like, you know, even An- Angela asked me, she's like, "Well, at what point do we are we okay to sleep in the same bed again? You know, at what point are we okay to touch each other again? You know, like, though that's the unknown at this point. Um, um, and as far as her, her, you know, her, her mom, which is, you know, she's. From the outside, looking in, she's okay, but you know, I think I'm not sure internally what's going on with her because uh, she really can't express anything, to be quite honest. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what where the line is drawn or we can cross the line to get back to some sort of normalcy as a couple, right. um, but... Um, me being where I am at this point, I can. I'm presuming that I'm immune from getting it again or having it because I've gone through it. Um, like I said, I'm about ninety-seven percent right now. But I think once my energy level gets back up and I don't get any more just hot flash or cold sweat, I think I'm in the clear.
1: So, what what do you feel that this has done for you emotionally and spiritually? How how has it changed you?
2: um you know um emotionally and and, and spiritually it's it's just really refocused me um it's refocused my direction in in my relationship that I currently have um with Angela um direction with um uh, my family um And it's just, it's just you know, helped me take even a more closer look as living with my purpose. Um, I've pretty much done that on a regular and what I do on a daily basis in my personal business and social life is, you know, all about helping others and and making sure others understand that, you know, things like this can happen um, and we got to be prepared for change. Mm -hmm. So this really has just really solidified um, my mission and what I do on a regular basis and, and just giving me uh, more um, resources and get some more info to continue to,
1: um, to to serve my community, you know? Yeah. That's good stuff. You know, because one of my thing is I, I just see how there's so many people out there just living in fear. One, because it's unknown and it's somewhat understandable, but... I I just think that Mm -hmm. people really need to kind of still stay positive and, you know, just surround yourself with the people you love, continue to do the things that you love. Like we both have mutual friends, uh, one who's fighting cancer, you know, and just to see how positive that he stays like over the last couple of years with chemo and, Mm -hmm. and continuing to live life, you know, it's like, Yes. Living the life, you know. I don't want to put any names out there because I didn't talk to him, but right. extremely positive, you know. And the thing is, I believe that it'll be successful fighting it, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, we have another brother who's, who's facing something that appears to be terminal, but he's still hanging on because they're living life without fear,
0: yeah.
1: You know, and they're right. gonna play into the to the buzzer sound, right. Right.
2: yeah, And I think you're right, you recognize know, as, as we mature, as we get older in life, you know, we, we tend to have our purpose and we see more of our purpose and not living in fear. And what society wants us to live, but we live how we feel we should be living, regardless of what illnesses we carry, because this is part of life, you know, um, illnesses, death. This is all part of life. And, it is. You know, how you sit, how you set yourself up. To handle it and such a family up in your kids is is what life is about, you know. Um, I think you know fear is just an, an element of selfishness that helps or makes people be selfish. And and um, you know, when you when you're in, in, in a place where you can see the bigger picture and, and be grounded, you can understand why God puts these things on on our, on us. Um, like I say, He never puts no more than on us that we can handle, right? Um, you know. We we say it, we hear it, but when it comes to when the, you know, when it's time to when the fat lady sings, you know, sometimes people just can't handle it, you know.
0: Yeah. Um my question um is I wanted to ask you in this whole process, um, is there anything you feel that healthcare could have done better, or could you just share what we did great, or you know, just anything that you feel? Well, if I had this information, it would have made me feel a little bit better. Um, anything at all, anything you just want to share, or anything that stands out in this process as far as on the healthcare side
2: well you know definitely I, I think like you know i want to give you know definitely kudos and shout out to the va for um the way they've handled the situation and for all the medical professionals out there even uj you, you know for doing what you do um you know as being part of a system you can only you only as good as the resources that you're given to handle any situation that's true um, you know so you know as boots on the ground per se soldiers you guys are doing an outstanding job it's just unfortunate that our government um, will put us in a position where we didn't have the resources available to be notified sooner, and to have departments in place to head this off um, before it got to this point. So, our know, politics has gotten involved in our healthcare system that, unfortunately, has been unprecedented, um, and hopefully will be fixed um from this point on, there's a lot of things in our constitution and government needs to be fixed. However, um they see the importance of health care and how, how health system needs to be a priority over yeah. the stock market, over wars, over, you know, foreign affairs. It's 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 just hopefully this will be a huge eye opening to those who um can help make a change. But you know, those health professionals, those even who are currently dying, taking care of those, you know, um, it's just it's just um, an opening experience. And I just pray that, um, know, our children's and children's children's can, can um, be more prepared than we were for the next event.
0: Yeah, that was that's such a great point, And thank you so much for sharing your opinion on that. Um, and I do understand that you're a part of a study with the VA, is that right in regards to this um COVID nineteen?
2: Correct. So um for the next fourteen days, um, I have a nurse who will be contacting me and keeping track of um uh, my temperature um and any, you know, issues that I have you know, throughout the uh every twenty four hour period. And she's doing that with quite a few different veterans and um Matter of fact, when I spoke with her today, she did mention to me that um, she asked me if I want to be a part of the study, number one. And then number two, she said, Well, you no, know, you sound good. Uh, she said she's speaking to a lot of the veterans and they're not doing as well as I am. Obviously, she's like, really, just like they sound like they're in pretty bad shape, but you know, they're part of it and uh, you know, this is voluntary. I said, No, I said, I want to be a part of it and whatever I can do to help. Um, facilitate change and, and make the situation better. I'm, I'm all for it. So, over the next 14 days, I will be monitored um, throughout my prognosis.
0: Wow. Good stuff. You have anything else, Russell?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we touched on all the good points. And I think that, uh, you know, your story is just a testament to everyone out there you know to stay positive that it that it's not a death sentence uh, that the majority of the people like about 80 percent of the people are actually fighting this thing and coming through it um i just think in in society if you're watching the news you know they're gonna always give you the worst scenario because that's what sells commercial space things mm-hmm. of that nature but probably not the best thing for your life you know Uh, Mm -hmm. as much as possible i try not to ever turn the television on to be honest with you Mm -hmm. Uh, just because of that you know i don't want to feed the fear because it is no different than like going to google whatever it is that you're looking for it's going to find you so if Mm -hmm. you you want to find the fear and the negative in something if you put that in google that's exactly what you're going to get back and if you want to find a positive, you're going to get that back. So, you know, just always think positive, man. Thank God that you're a very positive person, very given person, mm-hmm. things of that nature. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of things play a hand in your success and defeatness yeah, and a lot yeah. of other people out there, you know, stay positive, be a fighter. And, uh, I think those early minutes of you finding out, you know, they say that even with cancer patients, you know, Mm -hmm. the first 15 minutes or so on how they respond to the information is going to determine the majority of, you know, the success or failure Mm -hmm. in them either healing or being defeated by that disease or diagnosis. Yeah, Yeah,
2: exactly
1: right. Yeah, exactly right,
0: Russell um Von, did you have any last remarks that you just want to share and just any um last messages you just want to get out there about this
2: um you know well my 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 mission as as you and, and Russ and those who are concerned is you know get information out to to people and let them know that there is a positive way that stories can end and staying positive, anything is possible. And, um, you know, I did a Facebook live last night. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, not, but, um, yeah, I-
0: Can you share your uh, Facebook information so others can uh, take a look at that?
2: Yeah. So my Facebook page is, is, is Vaughn Showell, um, you can on Facebook. Um, and I did a Facebook live post last night. Um, got, a lot of feedback, um, a lot of views, and good information, and people are really, really receptive to um, information that is just genuine, straight. You know, no chaser and not commercialized. And I think that yeah. you know our media um, needs to be. I would say what needs to be, but you know the media is set up for its 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 own motive and purpose. But I'm um, having these platforms like this. Um, do so much more good than those that are um, controlled by the dollar, and it's more helpful to people. And I've had, I've been feeling phone calls and messages from people for the past 24 hours who know who are, you know, thankful for the information they put out there. It's really eased some of their fears, it's given them knowledge and information as to how to move forward, and it suppressed a lot of the false information out there. So, um, I'm actually going to be. On V103 on Monday morning um, at 8:20 um, as well, expressing uh, I'm just telling or talking about story. So um, that's one another good thing that came out of this. Um, So I just want to continue to to share the information and like Russ said, you know it's not all doom and gloom when it comes through challenges, and if we could just change our mindset and be you know more of a positive um, PMA, uh, positive attitude when it comes to handling my uh, challenges, you know, it, it well, the, the numbers will, will be in our favor versus not. So I want to thank you guys for having me um, on your show, being part of the, the community service that you guys are doing, doing a great job, keep it up. And, um, you know, let's continue to just make a difference one day at a time.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Thank you so much. Um, so this has been an episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. We just finished talking with Von Showell about his uh, COVID-19 positive testing mm-hmm. results. Um, and we just really appreciate your uh, sharing your honesty and just your testimony and your experience from the beginning to the end. And Vaughn, um, thank you for your service. And I wish you a speedy recovery from this. And um, we just we really, really want to thank you so much for just sharing this this experience.
2: It's my pleasure. My pleasure. And again, best of luck to you guys and continue doing what you guys are doing. All right. All right. Thanks, Vaughn. Love you. Take You're care, welcome. bro. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right.